Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you it's alive. Uh, I thank you it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I thank you it changes lives. It changes our hearts. Uh, it changes our minds, Lord, in the power of the Spirit. So we, uh, we invite you, Lord, uh, to reign in our, in our lives, to reign in our minds, to reign in our hearts, to reign in our lives, that we might be part of your purposes in this great city. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start with a funny story. So I'm seeking God about um, the message this morning. Charles asked me a couple, few weeks ago. And so one day I was at church and I was helping and then I had to go back to the car and I'm walking back and I'm praying and I walk under the arch and I walk up the path and I'm saying to God, what do you want me to preach about? And he says, I want you to preach about coming in the gate and walking up the path. <laughs> so this morning is all about coming in the gate and walking up the path with Jesus. And um, and the, the other week Charles spoke to us about uh, walking with the Spirit and I want to build on his message. He talked about our path bet- being between grieving the Spirit on one side and I would say that we could summarise that as, as, as sin or quenching the spirit on the other side and we can summarise that as unbelief. Yeah? And so we walk, our path is between sin on the one side and unbelief on the other and we are seeking the path forward with God through those two risks. And uh, I want us to go to Matthew 7 if you can see your Bibles perhaps look on the phone because there's power on the phone. Um, it is Matthew 7, starting in verse 13, uh, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. So it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. And then I just want to jump to John 10, 9. It says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus talks about the door or gate and then the path forward in him. Um, And so we we see we have a starting point with Jesus, uh, this gate or door. Uh, He would have been busy before then. Um, My testimony is that Jesus was busy knocking on my door for a long time before I opened it to him. And uh, it says in Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. So there's a, there's a three pictures there of Jesus and the door and then a path or future beyond, beyond the door. And so the gate or the door to our journey, the starting point is salvation. And we hope that that's followed by baptism in the Spirit, and baptism in water, and lots of meals with Jesus, or time with Jesus, and uh, 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 through the Holy Spirit. And if this hasn't been part of your existence up to now, then let's chat afterwards uh, and see if we can do something about it. I want to I do a picture now. Well, I want you to do a picture. So I'm going to move this out of the way. This is why I haven't got a microphone with a cable this morning, because it's going to be a mobile preacher. Um, so I want you to illustrate what I'm saying. 
So what I need, please, pretty please, pretty please, is for you all to stand up and come and stand on the path. If you don't mind. If you can't, you can't, but if you can, if you can. Please come and stand in the middle here. So when we read these verses and we imagine this journey, we have a picture of ourselves wandering around the wilderness on our own. Just turn around, 360, look around. You're not on your own. You are in the church. Uh, And the reason you're in the church is because of all the others in the church. So if you imagine the gates back there behind Charles somewhere, uh, or the door, you've come through salvation, you're now on this path with everybody else, with every other believer. There's a few angels sprinkled in here for us, for our protection, for our power, for messages from God. And then if you imagine the box, sorry Nigel, sorry the UK, imagine the box coming into the O.R. Tambo airport. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but they were surrounded by a crowd of witnesses. People had watched the matches in Japan or on their phone or on their TV, and they were full of themselves. They were, they were celebrating the box a little, but they were celebrating South Africa. It was a moment for the nation. And there was this crowd of witnesses around the team as they came, came through, through the gate there. Um, now we have a cloud of witnesses rather than a crowd. So if you imagine all around us, every Christian that was ever born and died is, is calling out to you saying, go for it, go for it, come on, let's do this thing together. So this picture you have of this wilderness walk, maybe, you need to let go of that. So 360 again, look around you and see the church, the glorious church of Jesus Christ. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you. So while, while I'm saying that, you also have to remember that uh, some of us have got caught up in other things. So we're in the church, but perhaps we've, we've got trouble with sin. So we've sat down over on this side and we've we're got a little bit isolated. And there's all these people just here who can come and stand with us and help us and help us break free of what it is. Perhaps we're struggling with unbelief. Perhaps we've got health issues. Or, or and we've sat down and, and we're over here and we're, we're not feeling too great. But it's this church is just here, just here, that we can turn and look and we can reach our arms out and we can pull people back in who are struggling with unbelief, who, who, who have um, issues, who, who just need a few friends to gather around and, and pray. And then there might be some who've got just a little bit confused and they're going in the wrong direction. So we just need to have hold of them, love them, and just turn them back so that they can see the future they have with Jesus and the path forward. And that's why we're the church. We're not the church because we come together on Sunday mornings. We're the church because we're all on this path. And we're at different points on the path. And some of us are running. And some of us are limping, but we're all on the same journey. Why? Why are we on this journey? Why is it important that we are moving forward on this journey? In John 4 it says, For the hour is coming 
and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. So the reason we're on this journey is we're heading for Jesus. Jesus is at the head of the path and he's looking for worshippers. He's not looking for worship. He wants to worship. There's some very good CDs in Kumbhok. So you can go and buy them. You can plug them into his massive sound system and away he can go. If that's all he wants, worship is very easy. But what he wants, he wants worshippers. He wants you and me. He wants the church to be on this path, this journey towards him. Thank you, Jesus. So, the big question then, maybe, is how do we study on the path? And and I've just, when praying about this, I've just got a a load of scripture. So, if you've got a phone or a notepad and a pen or what have you, you might just want to write down these references and and to go through them in your own time. Because this is is now, um, that was the preach. This is now some wisdom. This is now just some ideas about, you know, because the path, um, you know, is, is as long as we see each other and we're engaged and uh, we're together, the path is, is, is relatively easy. It's a straight path. But as soon as we get isolated or distracted or caught up in something else, then it becomes more difficult. So here are some keys, if you like, to staying on the path. Um, and the first is, there's, there's three things I want to share that I think are the most significant, and then I'll, I'll get into some others. So the first is to see life as a race, a long-distance race. The objective is this worship, this worship we're part of, we're, we're free to worship, uh, and we're in training for this, this race, and we're running this race at the same time. And... Um, in Hebrews 12, it, said, it talks about the cloud of witnesses, and then it says, let us lay aside every weight. I haven't quite achieved that yet, you might notice. I'm still carrying some weight. Paris, um, can you stand up? This is my ambition, I need to look like this guy. <laughs> he's not got any excess weight whatsoever. He's, he's fit, he's ready for the race. Um, and... Um, any, every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So it's a long race. It's, uh, it's a race with lots of people in it. We're not competing with each other. We're egging each other on. I don't know if you, any of you have done a park run. Anybody done a park run here this morning? There's a few. Yeah, it doesn't feel competitive, does it? It's a community coming together and racing together for the fun of it, for the community, for the fitness. Uh, there's purpose in it, but it's not competitive. It's not like you're competing with yourself, maybe improving your time, but you're not trying to barge the other guy. Well, hopefully you're not trying to barge the other guy out of the way. So maybe you need some prayer. Because um, we're looking to Jesus in verse 2, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So there we are. The thing we see at the end of this race is the throne of God. And we all will come to that throne at a different time, but that's where we're going. If we're Christians, if we're born again, part of the church, part of the bride, that's where we're going. We're going to the throne. 
Um, and when we get there, we're going to be worshipping. We're going to be bowing down and worshipping our Lord. So that's the first thing. See it as a race. The second thing is seek first the kingdom and his righteousness uh, in Matthew. This is not some religious thing. This is about our whole life. Uh, you're seeking his kingdom and righteousness for your family. You're uh, seeking his kingdom and right, or righteousness by sharing your faith, the gospel, by being part of the church. You are seeking your, the kingdom and righteousness in your workplace. Uh, and for most of us, we spend most of our time at work. So if we miss that this is part of his kingdom purposes, then, um, then we, we miss it. I mean, Tina going all over the world and being a doctor... And she can think, well, yeah, um, maybe I should actually just settle somewhere and be part of a church all the time and all the rest of it. And she can miss her kingdom purpose, the call on her life. Yeah? If she goes to a new place and she impacts, um, even when she's gone, so this mine is now at 11 people dying. What are they going to be doing? Or they're going to be saying, well, what was different before? Okay, we had this cracking good doctor with us, so... Let's find another cracking good doctor. Uh, and maybe they'll realise she was a Christian doctor. And so they might be looking for someone who, who, who is that kingdom of I have talents and gifts that I bring, that I've had training, that I'm qualified in, but I also I have the Holy Spirit living within me. And when I lay hands on someone's chest uh, with electricity... I'm laying hands on their chest in power because of the Holy Spirit living in me. And then, we've talked about this recently, keeping oil in your lamp. It's about being ready, it's about being connected to God, it's about Holy Spirit living in you, it's about loving Him and being loved by Him uh, and seeing, you know, oh, here I am in, in uh, pick and pay and I've I'm wondering whether to talk to someone and I'm getting oil in my hand. I'm getting the glory of God is coming. The power is available. I'm suddenly aware um, of his presence in me. I'm not looking outside for his presence. It's in walking by the Spirit in Galatians 5. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. So if you're in the Spirit, if you're on the path, you're part of the church, you're less likely to wander off and to sin or wander off into unbelief because it's part of you, it's who you are. Um, you've let go of who you used to meant be. Your old man was crucified with Jesus. So there, 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 there's this race towards worship, towards Jesus, towards increasing awareness of his presence through the Spirit. You can start this race and you can know nothing. You know, we all did that. You know, um, We started the race and as you move forward, these things are added to you. I don't know if any of you have played these role-playing games on your computer or on a tabletop. Um, and you get, along the way, you pick up treasure and you pick up weapons and you pick up books of wisdom and all the rest of it. And, and, and our walk with Jesus is like that. As we go on, 
we get added to. We grow in our faith. We grow in our anointing. We grow in our understanding of who Jesus is and what what he's asking us to do. And then, there are there is a whole load of uh, scriptures that I'm just going to uh, jump through this list now. Um, I'm going to preach into the scriptures, but I'm just going to lay them out there for you. So the first one is staying together. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. Yeah, so we're together, we're staying together. We're not getting isolated. We're not in the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness for purpose, so there is time for that. But in the main, we're in the body. We're part of the body. We're functioning. We're an arm or an eye or an ear in the body. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if we're in fellowship, we're not over here in sin. And neither are we over here in unbelief. Because we've got this crowd, cloud of witnesses and all of our friends in the church building together, strengthening us. We build on faith. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord in all your hearts and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, it's talking about the journey again, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. So this is what I'm saying. If we've got our focus right, then again, we're not wandering from place to place. Avoiding pitfalls. Psalm 119.85 The insolent that's the unbelievers, have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. So pitfalls work because the enemy and, and enemies, they know your habits. They know your weaknesses. So you don't, if, if you're hunting and you want to do bigger, uh, dig a pit trap, you don't dig it in the middle of a bush somewhere because the buck isn't going to go that way. You dig the pit on the path that the buck, the, the buck uses, on the habit. You look for the habit. So the enemy sees your habits, whatever they are, good or bad, and he can dig pitfalls in there. Things like um, unforgiveness, uh, bitterness, things like that. Yeah, you've taken on something uh, and, and it's become a trap for you. It's become a pit and what do we do when people fall in pits? Well, we gather around the pit and we put down a rope or just put our hand in and they can grab hold and we lift them out of the pit. That's, that's the role of the church. Blessing others. This is uh, Jeremiah 29. It's a beautiful chapter. Uh, and it talks about the people of God. Uh, they've been taken out of Jerusalem and they're now in Babylon. Uh, and they're all sitting around, sorry for themselves, uh, being called to Bloemfontein. <laughs> Why Bloemfontein, Lord? Well, he tells us right here, he says, take wives, well I brought one with me, so that's alright. Have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and uh, for your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. So he says, live life. Wherever he's put you, it may feel like the enemy grabbed hold of you and dumped you in the middle of Bloemfontein or whatever, but 
God has purpose in wherever you are. And He wants you to live out your life there. To have family, to work, to, to build. And then He says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. So it wasn't the Babylon, Babylonians at all, it was God. He was like, okay, how am I going to get Israel to take any notice? They're quite happily living with their idols in Jerusalem, ignoring me, cursing me, annoyed with me. I know what I'll do, I'll send an army and invade them. So let's not have that for Bloemfontein. Hey? Let's learn what God is saying to Bloemfontein through us before God sends an army to Bloemfontein. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in it where you will find your welfare. And there's, there's the key. You bless people around you. You build well in your business. Uh, you build well in your family. Then you receive through their receive. You get welfare because they have welfare. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9 Staying strong by being weak He said to me My grace is sufficient for you For my power is made perfect in weakness Therefore This is Paul now talking Therefore I will boast all the more gladly Of my weaknesses So that the power of Christ may rest upon me For the sake of Christ when I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So there's this thing of stuff comes against you, and, and it's hard, and, and we're down to two cars. Such a shame, Martin. you've only got two cars on the road. I'm really annoyed because I'm supposed to be selling one, and then the one I'm not trying to sell breaks down, and it's Dodgy stuff, it's engine stuff, it's not good. Uh, and uh, but why? Why? Why am I? Why am I not rejoicing? I should be rejoicing. I've got another car sitting there on my drive with a for sale notice that I can take off and drive this car. Yeah, God is talking to me. Resist the devil. Yeah, James four seven. Submit yourself therefore to God. So there's there's this, that's how you resist. Yeah, you don't you take your sword out of the sheet and you're busy fighting the devil over there. God's like, Nigel, we need to chat. I've been talking to you about how you know, how you're doing this. You know, you're not you've been too busy fighting to hear me. So it says, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So there's a we have the timing. We're talking to God. We're submitting to God. We're hearing from God, and then we stand on what God has said. Uh, denying ourselves, Matthew 16 and 24. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So there's serving in the kingdom. Those of you that want to be great have to learn to be children, have to learn uh, to be somewhere else in the hierarchy than you want to be. Uh, you're not the pastor. You are not the president of uh, the South African Rugby Club. I mean, what a place to be right now if you were. <coughs> you know, you're just cleaning the toilets or whatever you're doing. Um, you are serving. You're serving. You're seeing the purposes of God. You're serving in them. 
you are, this is a key, when you get saved, your heart gets changed, renewed. Your selfishness gets laid down. Um, so, you know, if there are me, me, me sins, you'll find yourself in a, in a pit. You'll find yourself isolated from the rest of the church. Loving everyone. You're probably wondering when I was going to get to this one. Luke 10 and 27. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So there's three loves there. I think we've said this before. There's loving God, there's loving your neighbor, but you have to love your neighbor as yourself, which means if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be a very nice neighbor. So you need to learn to love yourself so that you can love your neighbor as yourself. Focusing on your purpose and call. And again, you might ask why this wasn't right at the beginning, and I'll get that. So 2 Timothy 1.6, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So for David, it's evangelism, yeah? Yeah? It's the gift of God. So his job is to fan into flame the gift that sits in him already. He doesn't have to learn to be an evangelist. He can read the Bible and get some understanding. But the gift is there. He is an evangelist. And his job is to fan that gift into flames. Tina has been a doctor for a while, so there's not much she doesn't know about being a doctor, but she has to fan in flame that gift so that it operates, so that um, people know she's a doctor. Because, you know, you know, people just, I just look like Nigel, don't I? I don't look like a guest house owner. But I am. But you wouldn't know it unless I'm fanning into flame that gift. Every opportunity I'm giving you a business card. Come stay in Clarence. Really? Yeah. Business time of year. We'll do that later. No. <laughs> <laughs> so why isn't this first? Why isn't finding your purpose out first? We have to get some things in place. So in John 5, 8, Jesus said to him, Get up. Take up your bed and walk. So to walk, you have to be standing. To walk in the right direction, you have to know your purpose, but you have to be standing. There are some things you need to get in place. Baptism in water, baptism in the Spirit, uh, praying, all of these things, you have to get in place. You have to have a firm foundation to set out on, on your purpose. So it's not last, but it certainly isn't the first thing you should be busy with. Because doing the right thing with the wrong motive is doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of warnings. The first one I wanted to say, are you born again? Now this might sound a stupid thing to say on a Sunday morning, but I'm going to say it anyway because God calls me to be stupid sometimes. So who are you following? If we go back to our, our first scripture, Matthew 7 and 13, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate, I want to say the other gate, I'm adding to the Bible there, the other gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. So that's quite heavy, isn't it? <laughs> what it's saying is that most people alive on earth today have not found the narrow gate. And therefore, destruction awaits them. And so have you found the narrow gate? 
this morning is that somewhere you are. And let me give you three Gospels. Who, who are you following? Are you following the right Gospel? So the Gospel or baptism that uh, Paul was busy asking questions about in Acts was which baptism did you receive? And he met some believers and they said, John's baptism. And John's baptism is a good baptism. It's a baptism of repentance. But it's a starting point. It's preparation for an encounter with Jesus. And these guys didn't even know there was a Jesus. And so they were busy trying to work out their faith without encountering Jesus. And so let's say some churches are like that. Some of the traditional churches are like that. They want you to walk out. They want you to be a moral person. But they haven't introduced you to your Lord and Saviour. Uh, there are cults. There are all sorts of organisations out there. Um, even hashtag I'm staying. I'm a member of that group on Facebook. Uh, it's all about being good and doing good and all the rest of it, which is great, but it misses the why. The why am I being good and doing good and, and all the rest of it. The why of Jesus. And um, so this is religion without power, without his presence, without uh, the Holy Spirit. Then there's another gospel, Galatians 1, 6, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. So maybe this represents the, the worst excesses of the church. So pastors encouraging people to spray doom in their mouths or drink petrol or hyper-prosperity, oppressive leadership, um, holy water purchasing, uniforms, you name it. It's power without religion. So you've got religion without power on the one hand of the church without the big C, and then you've got power without religion on the other hand of the church without the big C. And then the church of Jesus Christ is great in the middle. We believe in our Lord Jesus and we serve him and because of that we have power. And then there's this gospel, the Jesus gospel, Acts 3, 30, 38, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's the Peter package, that's being born again. That's saying, I'm sorry, and saying you are my Lord, and it's opening yourself up to receive the Holy Spirit. And this morning, that's where we all need to be. That's the door. That's the gate, right at the beginning of our journey. Uh, we enter through the gate. His name is Jesus. So I said I had two warnings. The other one is, is again a funny story. So, so there was this prophet years ago, year, I mean years and years ago, uh, before even Nigel was born. And... Um, <coughs> And he lived in this country, uh, and they could see Israel coming. You could see the armies of the Lord coming. They were dealing with their other nations. 
They had crossed the Red Sea, they crossed the River Jordan, they were coming into this land, and the kings and the princes and everybody were afraid, and they're like, oh, we need to seek, we need to seek some sort of intervention here, uh, and somebody said, well, there was this, this seer or prophet, and so they call him to come to help them to curse this people. They want this people cursed so that they won't intervene. And, um, and the first time they ask him, he's like, uh, no, he sees God and God says, no, don't go with these guys. Uh, and then they come again with more gifts and more princes and on their knees pleading. And he's like, I suppose I could go and see, you know? And so he gets on his donkey and he's going down the path and the donkey sees this massive angel standing in the middle of this narrow path with sword drawn. And the donkey's like, I'm hearing off this side and there. And the seer's like, oh, stop it, man. No, come on. <laughs> and he's just angels there ready to deal with this guy, preventing from cursing the people of God. And at last, he, the donkey is anointed with the gift of speech. Yay! And he tells the seer, there's an angel and he's going to kill you and, so, and kill me. The donkey's more worried about the donkey, I think, than the seer. But... <laughs> so there we are, there's the second warning then. We can get to the point where we're opposing the purposes of God. Yeah? In our own lives, in the lives of our community. Uh, and the story tells us he wants to protect us because we're his, but he will stop us from opposing his purposes. So let that be a challenge to, to us. We're busy seeking God about stuff at the moment in, in our business world, and, and we don't want to oppose God's plans. We don't want to get in the way of what God is busy doing in our lives by being too hooked up in what he was doing in our lives a few years ago. And so we need to seek God. I don't think he's standing in the, in the path of the sword. Uh, but if we keep doing something that he doesn't want us to do, he may well do. So, to sum up then, Christianity is a journey with God and with each other. We're all on this path as we were this morning. We're not isolated. We're not in the wilderness, we're in the church. We're in his body, we're part of his bride. And we're on a journey together. We're going at it at different speeds. Um, some of us are racing ahead, others are sitting down, sort of not sure where to go, and we need each other. We need the church. Uh, and it's so easy now. We have WhatsApp and we can arrange for meet for coffee and we can encourage each other on a Sunday or a Tuesday. There's loads of opportunities to be church together. Uh, so don't get isolated, get into the pack, uh, learn the pace. You know, uh, we have in running, we have pace setters, people who, who run at a certain pace and you can say, okay, well I'm good for this many kilometers an hour. This guy's got a bit on saying that he's running at that pace, so I'll follow him. That guy who's doing that, no way, I'm not following my rest, he's too fast. You know? Uh, but I will get there sometime. Okay. Matthew 11 in the message. Are you tired, worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. 
and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn that, and this is classic, this is the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. So there we are. He's our pace setter. Because what I haven't said yet is Jesus is right in the middle of the pack with us, egging us on. And he runs at a pace that you can run with him. Yeah? And he's running with someone else at the pace that they can run with as well. But for you, he's your pace setter. He's the one that you keep company with on this journey. Thank you, Jesus. So, maybe if we could just stand. And, Charles, did you want us to go into worship now? Are we... Do we have power or are we... Okay. So, I'm just going to pray again. And I would encourage you, if, if anything here makes you feel overwhelmed, remember at least that last scripture. The unforced rhythms of grace are what he offers you. You are on the path where you are. Don't try and be somebody who's three miles ahead of you. You are on the path where you are and he is right with you. So Lord, we pray this morning that we would see you on this journey and that we would know peace with you and joy, uh, righteousness, joy and peace the kingdom of God, that we would see you and we would pace with you uh, and that we would enjoy the journey with you and, and that we would be able to see the pitfalls and the, uh, the problems in the road ahead and be able to avoid them because we are living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you. you uh, chat afterwards, any of the leaders here? Um, I would encourage you, if you've not been born again, if you've not been baptised in water, if you've not been baptised in the Spirit, these are foundational things to help you on your journey. Amen.